Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Welcome to Elevation Church. I'm so glad you have braved the rain. As if it, I don't understand why I need to say brave the rain. It's not life-threatening rain today. It's just wet. Uh, but, you know, we braved it. Woohoo! What a win! Yes! Uh, if we haven't had the pleasure of meeting, uh, my name is Anna. I am getting myself organised, but I'm also the worship and creative pastor here um, at Elevation Hills, along with my husband, Ben, who has long hair, Ellie. And the Bible says no. Ah! We need to study that scripture. Otherwise, he's coming next week with a shaved head. No. <laughs> oh, goodness me. But Samson, got to talk about Samson. He has Nazarene. All right. Okay. Anyway, if you want to know more, you got to sign up for college. All right. That's my teaser for you. And then you can tell Ben, hey, Ben, that hair is fine or it's not. That's, uh, you got to go to college in order to have the authority to tell, tell my husband that. Anyway, <laughs> there's an insight into what I'm like. Um, a few years ago, I received a prophetic word. Uh, it was March 15, 2020. Who remembers what March 2020 was like? Oh, that's when everything just... Whoa. <laughs> anyway, so March 15th, we had a guest speaker. It was like the last time for a long time that we ever had a guest speaker at church. Um, and if you don't know, March 2020, that's, you know, COVID lockdown kind of happened after that. All right, so... It was a Sunday, I was worship leading, and after the service, um, the person who had accompanied the guest speaker that weekend didn't know who I was, had never met, I'd never met them before. Um, They approached me after the service and they said they had, you know, a word of knowledge, a word from God for me, and this is what they said. They said, God says you are a storyteller. Amen. I, this person is hearing accurately from the Lord. You know, I love, love to write songs. I love to tell stories. And then they continue to say, but you won't just be telling stories through songwriting, but through preaching as well. Now, at this point in my life, I had never preached before and I wouldn't preach for another year and a half. And then they finished with, and the Holy Spirit will wake you up in the night with faces and with stories. And then we had went to lockdown. <laughs> but fast forward to today, as you're probably aware, I'm quite pregnant. And um, for anyone who has experienced pregnancy or has lived with a pregnant person or has ha- you know, had, had the honour of sharing a bed with a pregnant person, um, when it comes to sleep, <sighs> you... <laughs> You gotta take all you can get, okay? It is not comfortable, okay? It is not, you, and you would think that, you know, in the lead up to giving birth to a baby and, you know, you, got, you, know, you build up the expectation, yes, I'm gonna like have to be up all night and everything. You'd think that pregnancy sleep would be the best sleep of your life. <laughs> so it's 3 a.m. on October 10 and I'm woken up. This is last year. And I, I toss and turn I, and I can't get back to sleep. And there's no use because my brain is switched on. And at the front of my mind is today's message. And so I, I type it into my phone because that's what I always do. If I wake up in the night with an idea, I type it into my phone, put my phone down, and I go straight back to sleep. Nine times out of ten, that's what happens and it's great. 
But then I'm not going back to sleep. I'm tossing, I'm turning, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Mm, pregnancy. And then, you know, but more ideas and more um, thoughts are coming to mind and I can't fall asleep. So eventually I'm like, well, it's just gonna keep, like my brain is just on, it's running. It's, it's like it's 9 a.m. And so I open my phone and I continue to just type out everything. And for an hour and a half, for an hour and a half, I am ceaselessly typing into my phone the core ideas that God is stirring in me to speak today. Pretty cool. But has anyone experienced anything like this? Maybe it's not, it wasn't God uh, speaking, but maybe you just had a great idea and you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, <gasps> yes, that's a million dollar idea. And then you write it down or you make a note of it and then you go and you, uh, you know, look at it in the morning. And honestly, when I woke up the next day, I was worried. I was like, ooh. Because sometimes, you know, when you write a note in the middle of the night and you read it back and you're like, what does that even mean? Like salami Power Rangers? Like, I can't understand. Like, what is that? How is that a million dollar idea? I don't know. But, you know, I'm going to give credit to the Holy Spirit on this one because what I wrote down was actually pretty coherent for the most part. There was a few rants on, you know, science, like science. So I had a couple paragraphs on science. I had a, par- a couple paragraphs on how to deal with annoying people, um, <laughs> which is not what my message is on today. <laughs> but now I might make a note of that, okay? <laughs> but I do believe God deposited something in me for us as a church going into 2023. And what's so funny about this is this month, January, we don't have a sermon series, which is what we usually do as a church, where we focus on a, a topic or a book of the Bible for like four to six weeks, but we don't have one. So every speaker that's speaking this month just gets to share what God has put on their heart. And what is funny is that there has been a common thread since Pastor Isaac, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Miles, there's been a common thread with all of our messages. You know, Isaac, he shared this gripping message on January 8th. And I recommend just watch it again if, if you have, if you were here, or if you haven't watched it, watch it. You know, it was the kind of message that will either offend you or set you on fire for Jesus, one of those. And one of the notable things that he said was, there is a cost to your Christianity because your faith is worth something. So good. And then last week, Miles spoke on growth, how to grow God's way. And something he said was, faith is essential for growth. You see the common thread. Let's jump straight into the Word. So we're in Ephesians 6, and this is Paul, and he's writing from jail. He's in jail, and he's writing to the church in Ephesus. And this is a passage for all Christians. And verse 10 says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. 
Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere, even the annoying ones. Now, if you've ever, um, if, you're, if you've been a Christian for a while, you know, you've definitely probably heard a message on this passage. You've definitely probably heard, I've done a devotional, you know, or something on this passage. It's a great passage. I love it. There is so much significance and intention behind, you know, each piece of armour. You know, Paul is actually like referencing scriptures in Isaiah. It's really cool. But today I'm actually only going to cover one aspect of the armour of God. Shield of faith. And my message today is called The Shield Wall. Come on, church, let's pray together. Father God, we thank You for this time that we can dive into Your Word. And we just pray for revelation. We pray for an open heart, open mind, open ears. Would Your voice be the loudest? Would You cease all distractions? Would You speak to us? Holy Spirit, we invite You now right here. You are welcome here. We pray that you be glorified as we preach, as we speak, as we we hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So the shield of faith. My favourite description of faith is found in Hebrews 11. Um, You know, back when I was a youth leader back in the day, um, my youth pastor, he just, you know, we had a meeting and he was like, you know, we don't do memory verses anymore. You know, there's like, it's always something that you do in Sunday school, but we just don't do it. Why not? So you know what? We're going to memorise Hebrews 11. Like, oh, yeah, the first verse? No, the whole chapter. <laughs> so for a whole month, he tasked us to memorise all of Hebrews 11. Ellie, there's some inspiration for you, for your leaders. I'm sure they would love that. I'm sure they have the attention span to memorise a whole chapter. <laughs> and you know what? To be fair... I didn't, okay? I didn't. All I only got like five verses in and then the rest was just like blank. But, you know, in, in trying to, I tried so hard. I really did. I tried to memorise the whole chapter. But, you know, what instilled in me was just remembering this scripture and it has stuck with me ever since. And whenever I'm, you know, in a rut or in a struggle, I remember this, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the NIV, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is what we put our confidence in. It's what we put our hope in. It's what we put our trust in. If we jump to Hebrews 12, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So Jesus is the foundation. He is the centre from which our faith is built upon. He is the core of our confidence, our hope and trust. It's where, our, uh, it's where they all stem from. So now my shield of faith is my confidence, my trust in Jesus. And that defends me against the fiery arrows of the enemy. 
You know, and the fiery arrows, what are fiery arrows? They could be circumstantial, they could be ideological. Lord knows there's a lot of ideological fiery arrows being fired left, right, centre in the world today. <laughs> it could look like cynicism, bitterness, confusion, feeling lost, feeling wayward, directionless. But whatever comes our way, our faith in Jesus, our confidence in Him is not wavered by whether or not I had a good day, good month, good year or the opposite. You know, there's no denying that we live in a challenging time. We need to carry that shield of faith. There's no denying that even as followers of Christ, we don't circumvent hard seasons. We continue to experience trials and suffering. We need to carry that shield of faith. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Paul has chosen a shield to represent faith. Because the great thing about a shield is that it's not just for yourself, but it can be used to defend the person next to you. And, um, you know, if you heard me speak before, I love to like slide in like nerdy references where I can, particularly references in regards to Lord of the Rings, you know. But um, I'm, a, so I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of films. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, let's honour that today. Anyway, uh, big, <laughs> big fan of films and TV shows based in the Middle Ages, you know, like shows that have Vikings, kingdoms at war, there's armies, you know, massive armies, things that, like politics, ooh, you know. And if they're actually historical, even better. You bet, I am sitting watching this movie or show and I've got my phone open and I'm fact-checking everything I'm watching, what actually happened. And I'm letting my husband know, I'm letting Ben know this is what actually happened. Did the knight, did he die on the battlefield in that glorious scene like the movie said? No, he died two weeks later of the flu. All right, that's what happened. That's what happened, Ben. Sorry to burst your bubble, okay? That's what happened. That's what I love to do. But one of my favourite things that I see in the epic like scene is whenever there's a shield wall, shield wall formation. I've got images up here. Here, it's epic, look at that. How are they gonna penetrate that? Crazy. And then here behind there, he's holding, he's looking through, peering. Not gonna be intimidated, I got my shield wall, it's all good. And then I included, church, I included, this is a real tapestry from the Middle Ages, okay? So we can feel like historians. All right, we're just not being, you know, movie buffs. We're historians today. But um, I did a little reading. I did a little research into the shield wall formation. And um, one thing that caught my attention is that you don't have to be an experienced or an elite soldier to make it work. You know, the strength of a shield wall was sustained by being shoulder to shoulder with your comrades. And then behind you, you know, there would be even more soldiers, like in that image, there's like spears like kind of coming through the little openings. Um, There would be even more soldiers and other spears and other weaponry to support those that were carrying the shields. And I love this image because I see it as an image of the church. You know, when we are shoulder to shoulder, when we are united, we're stronger. The shields provide protection for those beyond the front line too. 
the vulnerable, the wounded, the sick, the suffering. Like usually you see like in the movie, the, like the, the king or something, he'll get attacked. And then like, oh my gosh, the king. And so they grab him and they pull him like into the, the shield wall and then the, the wall closes. And then they like, they, they, he has to retreat because he's gonna die and we're, we're terrified. But that's so cool. It's so cool that he can just, boom, like protected. So in our context, you know, who are the ones holding the shield wall? I mean, we, we'd expect the pastors to be there, of course. The pastors weren't holding up a shield wall of faith. What, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> you know, is it, is it the prayer team? Absolutely. Is it the worship team? We always say the worship team is the ones on the front line. <laughs> you know, like, they're there too. You know, is it people who've been following Jesus for decades? Absolutely, they probably have the bigger shields. But let me remind you again, the strength of a shield wall is sustained by being shoulder to shoulder with your comrades. Experience is not required. You know, if we jump in, in, back into Ephesians, in chapter four, Paul says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, shoulder to shoulder, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. And then jump into uh, verse 14. Then we will no longer be like immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work to help the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So I've got two examples and two examples that I'm sure we're all very, very aware of, of what it looks like to hold up your shield. The first example is whenever we worship together, let's not downplay the power of praise. You know, it's not just like the icebreaker that we do so that when the person comes up to speak for like half an hour on a Sunday, you know, it's like, oh, it's all good because we had cool music. Like it's so much bigger than that. When we, when we worship together, you know, it's not just a private experience between you and God. When we worship together, that, and that is when we sing, when we hear God's Word be spoken, you know, when we, when we, when we hear preaching, that's a form of worship. You know, we are joining in with the chorus of heaven. And God's promise is He meets us when we worship Him. Scripture says He inhabits our praises. And where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of God is, there is breakthrough. Where the Spirit of God is, there is revelation. And every time we worship together, He inhabits our praises. You know, one of my absolute favourite stories is my friend's mum. A couple of years ago, she was going through a battle with cancer and it was hard for her to come to church and to sing and to just physically, she was just, she was going through chemo and all that, but she would come, she would make the effort to come and she would just sit in the service. 
She would sit and just listen to the people around her worshipping. And it gave her the faith, it gave her confidence to continue trusting Jesus in the fight of her life. You know, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing. The next example of holding up your shield is whenever we pray together or when you tell someone, hey, I'm praying for you and you actually pray for them. (laughs) I know sometimes we throw that word around like it's like a, my condolences or whatever, like, oh, thinking of you. But when when you say, I'm praying for you, say a prayer. Doesn't have to be a long prayer, just pray. But there is power in prayer. There is power. Let's not downplay the power of corporate prayer, praying together. See, whenever we come together to pray, you know, our monthly prayer nights are a great um, opportunity for that. You may not have any idea the impact that your prayer has in the situation that the person beside you is facing, the battle that they're in. Faith comes from hearing. So when you pray out loud, when you speak in faith, when you declare the truth of God, the truth of His Word, His promises, you are holding up that shield. You are defending that person from the fiery arrows. You know, a few months ago, you know, uh, at this point, Ben and I hadn't announced we were pregnant yet. Um, It was actually a fun game. We were just seeing how long it would take for people to be like, do you have like a gluten intolerance or like what's going on? Um, but, we, but we knew the gender, you know, we're having a baby girl and um, I, got this, I got this voice message from um, someone in our church and they were like, um, I got a word for you on Sunday um, and if you're pregnant and it's not a girl, this is really awkward. Um, but I just feel like God wants to tell you I love your baby girl. And just know that the father sees and knows and loves her. And when I heard this, Judge, I I bawled my eyes out. You know, we hadn't told anyone the gender yet. We hadn't told and and what another thing that I hadn't told anyone is I was I was really anxious about having a girl. You know, I was really, I've been really worried because of experience I had, experiences I had growing up. And I was worried that, you know, some of the things that I had to face, this baby would have to face. And I was scared. I was fearful for her. Me. Like someone who, who worship leads all the time, reads the Bible quite regularly, who's a ministry leader, like who knows the truth about who God is, the promises of God. I was scared. I was worried. That was a fiery arrow coming for me. You know, but thank God this person had the boldness to share that with me. You know, I was reminded that day that God not only sees me, God only not, not only sees my fears, but He loves me. But even, even more than loving me is that He loves my baby girl. I don't need to be afraid for her future. I need to pick up my shield of faith. I need to put my confidence and my trust back in Jesus. Faith comes from hearing. Faith inspires faith. You know, when we hear the Word of God being spoken, sung, preached, that grows our faith. You know, that grows our confidence in Jesus. Faith inspires faith. 
You know, when, when my friend's mum was sitting in church, surrounded by a shield wall in worship, she was reminded that God was a healer, that God is a miracle worker, that God is a personal God that cares so deeply for her, that won't abandon you in your toughest seasons. You know, when I heard that voice message from my friend, it didn't just bring comfort to me, but it reminded me of who our God is. He's our provider. He's our protector. He is our strong fortress. He is sovereign over all. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, because, you know, as my friend held up her shield of faith, stepping out and sharing what God had spoken to her, she protected me from the fiery arrows of the enemy. And that in turn allowed me to hold up my shield with confidence, with boldness. And together we became a portion of the shield wall that is this church. And, you know, you might think you're just holding the shield for yourself, but you don't know the ripple effect of your, of your one faith action might cause. You know, have you been asking God for a way to make a difference, for a way to make an impact for the kingdom? You know, God could be inviting you today to just start with holding up your shield of faith. Carry that shield. And that will start to have an impact on the world around you. Band, I will tell you when you can come on. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> a lot of the time, uh, you know, if you're not on the worship team, um, we just stand on the sidelines like, when? I don't know. I'll let you know. Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> we all benefit from a shield wall. And we are all capable and called to carry a shield of faith. It doesn't come down to the amount of your faith. Remember Jesus says in Matthew 17, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could tell mountains to move. You need to learn how to hold up your shield. You need to learn how to activate your faith. So how do we activate our faith? How do we hold up our shield of faith? Well, raising your shield... You know, building a shield wall, it is not a practical issue. It actually starts as a heart issue. And the answer is a simple one, but so often we're caught up, when we're caught up in the throes of life, when things happen that are hard and hurtful, sometimes we drop our shields of faith. We drop our confidence in Jesus, our trust in Jesus. We swap it in exchange for unbelief, confusion, disillusion, anxiety, worry, cynicism, over-rationalising, anger or blame at God, anger or blame at others, past hurts and offences that you carry, or just pretending, pretending that you're holding it up for appearances, but really you're just suffering. Arrows coming at you left, right and centre. In Hebrews 10, verse 35, it says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. Remember, faith, it is confidence and trust in Jesus. Do not throw away your shield of faith when those fiery arrows are coming at you. And the band, you can join me. So how can we activate our faith you know, Jesus actually lays out the answer for us in Matthew 6, 33. And He says, but seek first, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know, to seek the kingdom of God is to see and acknowledge Jesus as King. 
That's what it means to seek the kingdom of God. It is to follow Jesus. It is to obey Jesus, starting in your heart, your mind, and then with your whole life. Let it permeate in your relationships, in your studies, at your workplace, in your homes, on a Friday night, on a Saturday night, on the good days, on the hard days. So when the hard times come, don't throw away your confidence that Jesus sees you and is carrying you through it. You know, when things happen that are beyond your control, you say, God, I know you work all things together for good for those who love you and I will not allow this to defeat me. When you get that diagnosis, remind yourself, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I, I, I believe you are a healing God. Help me see your hand at work. When you are misunderstood, when you're rejected, when you are pushed away, don't retaliate and react, which is so often what we wanna do. Bring it before Jesus. Seek Him first, seek His wisdom. You know, if you're a parent and your kids go wayward, rather than dropping your shield, say, Jesus, you love my kids more than I ever could. I'm gonna keep praying, I'm gonna keep believing, I'm gonna keep trusting that you have them in the palm of your hand. And as I wrap up my message, I just wanna revisit that Scripture in Ephesians 6, verse 18. It says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You know, wherever you are in your faith journey today, it doesn't qualify or disqualify whether or not you have faith or not. Like whether or not you, have a, you can carry a shield of faith, whether or not you can be part of a shield wall. And I cannot think of a better way to wrap up my message than putting into practice and taking the opportunity to pray. And um, if we could all just stand together and I have a couple of prayer points and you know, if this is something in your life that you need prayer for, that you need covering in a shield wall, I want you to put your hand up, be bold and put your hand up. And if you're standing around that person who puts their hand up, I want you to pray for them. But we'll pray together. I'm gonna, I want to pray for, for sickness, for phys, those who are experiencing physical sickness or a mental illness. We want to pray for you today. I want to pray for relationships, marriages. I want to pray for families. If you are a parent and you have kids who have gone wayward, if you're, if you're in a marriage that is struggling through it at the moment, you know, if you have re, frayed relationships in your life, we want to pray for you. I want to pray for people who are feeling lost, who are feeling directionless. Who don't, who don't know how they, in their identity in Christ. I wanna pray for you today. I wanna pray for people who are experiencing hardship and uncertainty about their future. And we're gonna pray for people who are experiencing doubt, people who are, who are struggling to see God at work in your lives. So if that's you, if any of those resonate with you and you need prayer for that, or if there is someone in your world that needs covering for that, I just want you to put your hand up and we're gonna take a moment to pray.